And it was the story of a piano bar singer and how she was trying to find herself. And I'll be damned if I didn't win first prize. Ah, I love it. And it was this great moment of validation. Um, My college flew me to Washington State. I got to accept a... um, a, um, an award, and um, I was inspired. They say that life is full of opportunities, right? So why are so many of us dreading getting out of bed to face another day? I know what that's like. My life was full of conflict, stress, failure, and fear. When I got cancer for the second time, my choice was simple, change or die. Today, I love waking up. I love my life. I love owning my own business that is helping people learn and grow. So how do you unlock that kind of transformation in your life? Let's discover the answers together as we hear from ordinary people like you and me and their extraordinary success stories. My name is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited to have our guest here today. We have a very special guest, and we have Stephanie Rafflock. Am I saying that right? You're pretty close. Rafflock. Rafflock. Okay. Yes. So Stephanie is here and she's going to share with us a little bit of her story. She's actually an author of a delightful little book on aging. And oh my gosh, I want to check this out. So Stephanie, tell us a little bit about your journey and how did you become an author? Where did you start? Wow. I started someplace where I never thought I would become an author from. (laughs) How's that for a convoluted sentence? Um, I fell in love with writing when <laughs> I know, right? I fell in love with writing when I was a kid. Um, English was always my first class in school. And when I got into my teenage years, um, there was a lot of trouble in my household. So I didn't finish high school. I left home when I was 17. I was a high school dropout. I was alone and by myself in Los Angeles in 1969, when I was, like I said, 17. And that's, that was my coming of age story. That's the point from where I began. Um, I was a resourceful young woman, albeit troubled. So I was able to talk my way into the entertainment industry. And um, I worked as a production secretary. I freelanced and I worked for a lot of different television shows, mostly musical variety. Musical variety was a big TV thing back in the, in the seventies. And what I loved most about working in television was I loved the writers. I thought the writers were the most clever, the smartest, the most fun people ever. There weren't any women writers. Really. I didn't meet a woman who was a writer until I was in my mid-30s. But anyway, that was for someone else. Writing was for someone that, you know, had finished school and gone to college and, and someone who was smart. It wasn't for me. And I knew that. And I lived with the pain of that 
all the while, I started to keep journals and books of poetry. And I would read T.S. Eliot, May Sarton, who's one of my favorite writers. And occasionally I'd get brave and try to discuss writing with one of the writers. But, you know, I was just a, I was just a kid and an uneducated one at that who had lied about my educational background, of course, in the days before there was internet, you know, you couldn't like check somebody out. Right, right. Oh my gosh. So here on the, you're on these sets and you're seeing all these amazing authors that are writing this beautiful stuff. You finally run across one that's a woman. And does that like kind of inspire you to decide to try to write? Well, interestingly, she was not who inspired me. And, and I do remember her well. I don't remember her name, but I remember what it was like for her to be the only woman writer in a group of all men and how tough that was. Um, she was often the butt of people's jokes. Um, she was mocked. She was put down. It's just like, you know, women running for president. It's, it's very similar. It's like until you begin to saturate an avenue a little bit, you're going to, you're going to push against the norms. And the norm at that time wasn't a woman writer. Now you've got like Reese Witherspoon, you know, finding properties and producing them and, you know, co-writing them and, it happens all the time, but back in those days, it didn't. What did inspire me, however, was I went to a little unity church in Santa Monica, California. It was on, I think, 4th Street. And one Sunday, the pastor said, um, instead of doing a sermon today, I'm just going to answer your questions. So um, write a question down, and they passed out paper and pencils, and I'll try to answer your question. So my question was, how do you know when you're doing God's will? And he said, you know you're doing God's will when you're in touch with the deepest desire of your heart and you begin to act upon that. And those words hit me like a ton of bricks. I'll never forget them because I realized in that moment the deepest desire of my heart was to rewind and go back to a time in my life when I'd been so troubled that I had dropped out of high school, and I'd left home. But I was like 35. So, I mean, go back to college, go back to, I mean, I hadn't even been in college, go back to high school, finish like, you know, a general education degree, and then go to college? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. But that's what I did. I love it. And I got some support. A lot of my girlfriends supported me, and some did not. But that's kind of the way it is with any choice you make in life. There's always going to be naysayers and there's always going to be cheerleaders. And that's just the way it works. So I returned to school and um, I declared myself an English major. And after I had been at Santa Monica Community College for about, I'm, I'm guessing it was four months, maybe five months, um, there was a contest that I read about in the school paper. And it was for short stories. And it was between like six different colleges in one in Washington State, one in Colorado, where I was in Los Angeles. And so I wrote a short story and I submitted it. And it was called um, Last Night at the Capri Motor Lodge. Mm -hmm. 
And it was the story of a piano bar singer and how she was trying to find herself. And I'll be damned if I didn't win first prize. Ah, and, I love it. Love and it was this great moment of validation. Um, my college flew me to Washington State. I got to accept a, um, a, um, an award and um, I was inspired. So that's what set me on the journey. I finished my preliminary studies at Santa Monica College and I was accepted to CU in Boulder, Colorado University. But when I got to Boulder, there was a little school in the shadow of CU called Naropa, which is a Buddhist-inspired university. And the classes were really small, but I knew some of the poets that taught there. I had read Anne Waldman. I'd read Allen Ginsberg. I'd read Anselm Hollow. And I thought these people were great. So I changed my course of direction. And instead of going to CU, I went to Naropa, where I earned a degree in writing and poetics and um, was the class speaker when I graduated. So you'd think, wow. well, now, like now, like she's really a writer, right? No, not uh -huh. so fast. Not so fast. So during that time, I had fallen in love and gotten married. And this is like the first big love of my life. Um, even though it was a little later in life than most women find love. And I helped him with his business for a number of years. I ran his front office. And he always used to say to me, this has helped me so much. And there'll come a time when you can do nothing but focus on writing. So I kept that in mind. And from time to time, I would write little things here and there. I still kept a journal. And then one day I went to him and I said, you know, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. I'm in my 60s. So that was the end of my working with my husband. He has since matriculated into an encore career himself doing consulting, and he doesn't really need a staff anymore. And I've done nothing but go to writing workshops, and I've written this book called A Delightful Little Book on Aging, which is about embracing your years. And don't be afraid of getting old because you're never too old to dream. And you're never too old to take action. And I can list you dozens of examples. If you look at somebody like Iris Epfel, who is still the diva in the fashion industry. And every year, she's in her 90s now, every year, young women from all over the country come to study with her. She's hot stuff. So my first book came out last year. I was um, 67 years old when it came out. And now I have a second book that is coming out next year, which is all about um, unleashing the power of midlife women. And this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life. And I am grateful for the experience that's under my belt because I can write with a more philosophical tone than I could have when I was in my 30s or 40s or even 50s. So you're never too old to dream. I agree. And don't you think that things kind of happen on their own time and their own purpose? I mean, look what you're writing about. And you couldn't have done that when you were in your 30s. Like you said, right. it would have been a whole different thing. Right. So I, 
Love that. I just think that's so beautiful that you came into your power in your late years and was able to just bloom into this beautiful being and be able to do what you love. And can you share with us again the the message that the minister said to you just to really drill that in? Yeah. He said, the question that I asked him was, how do you know when you're doing God's will? And he said, you know you're doing God's will when you are in touch with the deepest desires of your heart and you begin mm-hmm. to act upon those. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh I absolutely love this message. And, you know, I think that there are so many out there that think that they are beyond that age and it's too late. I waited too long. You know, I can't follow my dreams now. And I think that, you know, you just bring such a great message for those that are in their older age to keep going forward, follow those dreams, those desires, those deeply desires that you have and never let them go. And look what happened to you. So what a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I appreciate you sharing your message. You went from dropping out of school to going back to school, getting your degree, getting your diploma, and then getting your uh, going back into college and really getting a specific degree in writing and just really love your story. And it gives so much hope to those that might be searching for more. And it's never too late. It's never too late to follow our dreams. So if you were going to share with our viewers one thing that made maybe the biggest difference for you, what would that be? I would say at a certain point in in all of our lives, we have to forgive ourselves for the real and imagined sins of our life. That without self-forgiveness and self-love, there is no moving forward. And it can be the smallest thing, or it can be the largest thing, and it can be everything in between. But gratitude and grace, I think, are built on the concept of forgiveness. And forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean a benediction of like, oh, it's okay that you did that. Forgiveness means a way to stop concretizing the mistakes that you've made and allow yourself to expand, allow yourself to become more fluid in life. Mm. So I would say that the biggest thing that made a difference was forgiveness. You know, the biblical reference is seven times 70. Why do you think that's there? It's there because nobody does it once and boom, you're done. Mm -hmm. Life is a process of forgiving yourself and forgiving those people around you and letting go and moving on. The reason we let go is so that we don't stay stuck in the past with something that either caused us harm or where we caused harm. So true. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for sharing your wonderful message. Tell us the name of the book again and where can they find your book? Well, the book is called A Delightful Little Book on Aging, and it's available just about anywhere. So if you live near Barnes and Noble, you can get it there. Uh, 
Um, if you're an internet shopper these days, which so many of us are, you can find it on amazon.com or indiebound.org or barnesandnoble.com, any of those places. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. I definitely will be checking out your book and it just sounds like something that really will have some great things in it. So thank you again for being a part of our show today. And we look forward to maybe having you back another time after your next book. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Thank you, Wonderful. Donna. And I, I love the work you're doing. I love that you want to, you know, share a positive message and, and it's a message of transformation. Mm -hmm. Pain can really transform us. And you know that suffering can transform us. And often when a thing happens, we don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. And so there's, I think there's always room to move forward. So I love the work you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I love sharing a message of hope and yes, growth and transformation. We all can do it. We just need yep. to reach within and grab that power and, and use that. So they, and thank you for sharing with us your um, one thing that really made the biggest difference for you. We really appreciate that. I know it's going to help our listeners and thank you all for joining us today. This is Donna Gammon and this is Power to Grow. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a review now and I will give you a free download of my blessed morning. This is something that is worth so much. It's what I use to get past my past, if you know what I mean. Until our next show, thank you again for joining us. This is Donna Gammon and this is Power to Grow. Thank you.